incarnation of Christ thy Son was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection, through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Catholic Radio for your soul in North Texas. Heard also on grnonline.com and on your smartphone. Live from the KATH 910 AM studios in Las Colinas and broadcasting across North Texas on the Guadalupe Radio Network. This is the Good News Show. And good afternoon. This is the Good News Show here on KTH 910 AM, Guadalupe Radio Network. Also, thanks to Diane Xavier, we are on YouTube or on Facebook. I always have to be very careful because, <laughs> uh, you know, when you're being watched by a camera, you got to do things a little bit differently and uh, make sure, you know, yeah, yeah, the way you look and all that. So it's a whole different game, uh, you know, broadcasting these days. Anyways, glad you're with us. This is a uh, Good News Show and uh, interesting. Interesting show we're going to have today. I'm not quite sure how this is going to go, but I do know that we have the triumphant return of Cecil Anderson to the station. Cecil, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. Triumphant return. Dang, I got to go away more often and come back <laughs> triumphantly. Well, I, yeah, last Monday you weren't around. Diane's yep. been filling in wonderfully in your absence, but uh, you were on like two Fridays ago, half the show, and you yes. like mi- you left like mid-show. Yeah, mid-show, so I can get in a car. <laughs> yeah, and so then, yeah, and I, I'm going to talk to you about that in a second, yeah. uh, about your trip and maybe some of the spiritual aspects of it, uh, the joys of, of just taking a road trip, you know? We took a little mini road trip on Saturday. It wasn't like what you're talking about, right. just a couple-hour trip, but I tell you, there's something awesome about just getting in the car with people that you like, people that you love. Hopefully, and you still love them after the road <laughs> trip. At the end trip. of it, yeah, yeah exactly. Right. And just kind of going somewhere and having some fun. But uh, we'll talk about uh, road trips are not the, the main thrust of this program today. But I will tell you that it's August 3rd, 2020, and it's the Monday of the 18th week in Ordinary Time. And I always like to do this. I'm not going to put uh, Cecil on the spot because I know she's been away for a while. But, <laughs> Thank you. But uh, tomorrow we celebrate uh, the 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 feast day of the patron saint of all parish priests saint john vianney mm. or vianney as some people pronounce and thursday the transfiguration of the lord which i love in my summa class that i teach uh, high school kids talk about how the transfiguration the whole point of it was to give people hope because jesus came in his glorified resurrected body and he only a few witnesses you know uh, peter james and john and of course moses and elijah were there that should give us great hope uh and that does tie into the program today so that's gonna be thursday Saturday, St. Dominic, the founder of the Dominicans, is his feast day. And so like every other day this week, uh, we're going to have a special feast day. I want to tell you, first of all, about the show today, because kind of flying without a net today, all right? And, I, and I'll tell you my philosophy of programs like this. Sometimes I'll get emails from somebody, hey, can we talk about this? I got this apostolate, we got this event, and I'll start you know, booking them in uh, particular slots that we have for this show or Fridays or the interview of the week. And, and there's sometimes when it just doesn't happen. I just don't get a lot of suggestions and Thursday or Friday come and I'm looking forward and saying, you know what, I don't have anything planned for Monday. And then sometimes I'll even go into the weekend and I'll say, you know what, I don't have anything planned. And people ask me, hey, who's on the show? (laughs) And I don't force it. And so sometimes I take this to mean that this is a show 
that we need to have together. Open up the phone lines. I do have a couple of pre-recorded segments that I'm going to play for you. One of them, uh, Monsignor Charles Pope, uh, which I'll explain in a moment. But other than that, I want to have a discussion with you, dear listeners, and it's going to be about a topic that's um, I know you got opinions on. It's kind of a touchy topic. Uh, we're going to be talking about living in early August 2020 as the fall approaches and how our lives have been changed dramatically during the last five or six months, really since beginning of March, due to the COVID virus. And I don't want to just, you know, give my opinion. I, I, I try to approach it with a sense of humility. I'm not a medical doctor. I, I do have my gut feeling. God's given me a brain to, to reason things out and uh, kind of go, go with my gut about certain things. And I actually have pretty strong feelings about this. I'm not going to, you know, uh, dominate it. But I, I really want to know what you all think, especially as school is starting. Uh, everybody's life has been disrupted uh, since early March, maybe even before that. Uh, going back to school is not going to be the same. As Cecil knows, graduating from college or high school in 2020 was not the same. Work has been disrupted. Going to the doctor, going to the grocery store, going to mass is not the same. Nothing seems the same anymore. Even our interactions with other people, uh, even handshakes are seen as forbidden these days. You know, much less hugs or you know, it just, everything's weird, and I, I don't like it at all. Uh, so interpersonal communication, interpersonal dialogue, interpersonal, just everything is different. And so I come to this, as I mentioned, with a high degree of medical ignorance, but I don't come with ignorance of experience of the world and with talking to a lot of people and watching a lot of videos and trying to get perspectives from both sides. And... I would just like to talk about that today, and what do you think is going on? And I, we will not censor anybody unless you're just, you know, crazy or, or or rude or you know, cursing or something. But if you want to just give your opinion, maybe you think this is really serious, and we need to shut down businesses and the economy again, and we shouldn't even be opening up schools. Hey, if you want to express that opinion, great. Maybe you think the whole thing's a hoax, and this is crazy. This is just electioneer politics and fear-mongering, and it's no worse than the flu in other seasons, hey, if you got that opinion, then you can express that as well. Uh, but we'd love to hear from you, mostly in the second half of the program, okay? So if you call right now, I'm probably going to have to put you on hold for about 25 minutes, uh, <laughs> but you can call if you want to get first in line. And I also want to tell you that this is a little bit of a test bloom, because I'd love to do this kind of a program on Friday, but... I can only do this if people actually call, because otherwise I'm just talking for 60 minutes. And so I really want to hear your thoughts. And again, you can get on hold now, but I'm not going to be able to come to you until the the, the bottom of the hour. 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424 is the phone number. And again, we're going to be talking about this mainly in the second half of the hour. I'm going to play a video from Monsignor Charles Pope in a moment as well. And as you may have heard, a week ago, Monsignor Charles Pope came down with a positive test for COVID. And, I, and the reason I want to play this is that, first of all, it's about 10 minutes long. I love his approach because I've had private conversations with Monsignor Pope. He was the speaker of our Summer Speaker Series event on July 23rd. He spoke about COVID as part of his talk, a summons to courage. I know he 
has been very skeptical of the fear that many people are expressing. He went so far in an interview that I had with him to call it diabolical. And so I think it's interesting from his perspective now to have contracted the virus in what he's saying now. He made a video primarily to his own parish, Holy Comforter St. Cyprian in the Archdiocese of Washington, D.C. He made it on Saturday night. So by this time, he had already had the virus and been dealing with the symptoms of it for about five days. And I want to play it because he talks about more than just the virus. He talks about the response. And I think this is going to be a good launching pad for our conversation as well during the second half of the program uh, today. Okay, so coronavirus in 2020, is it a big deal or is it a big hoax? Okay, and also you can comment on our social media platforms as well. I'm not actually even watching it, and Diane will be monitoring these, and if anybody makes a comment, uh, Diane can alert me to that, and we can address your comments on social media as well. If you want to find us there and see behind the scenes, just go to YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and the handle is at GRN online, right? At GRN online. Okay, this is the Good News Show, and uh, we do appreciate you being on. And before we get to that, I want to talk to, and again, phone number, 877-757-9424. And Cecil, I'm sorry, I keep teasing that we're going to get to Cecil, but <laughs> I, I want to talk about a couple other things real quickly, and then we're going to find out about Cecil's trip. Uh, Summer Speaker Series event update. Okay, by now, obviously, the event's over. And you, um, if you did subscribe, you can go online and watch it again. Also, this week, the books are going to be going out. Diane's been working on this almost exclusively, and all the books are going to be going out. 300 Questions and Answers about the Catholic Faith by Monsignor Charles Pope. So if you're waiting for the book, give us a few more days. They're all going to be out. And uh, if you subscribed or if you're a sponsor, you're going to get that. Also, there are a few events that are happening still. Most of them are virtual, but there are a couple of in-person events. And uh, I asked Diane before we started to um, let me know about a few of the things. And Diane has a great memory, and she remembers everything. So uh, she reminded me that Project Joseph, which is for men who yes. are healing in, from the effects of an abortion, uh, is going to have a virtual event on August 16th. Right, Diane? Uh, ProjectJosephDallas.org. And so if you're a man who, you know, encouraged a woman to have an abortion, maybe you drove her to an abortion clinic, maybe you, gosh, God forbid, maybe you forced her to. I mean, sometimes this happens. I don't, I, I know that's a horrible thing, but, you know, you never know. I mean, just whatever. If you're involved in an abortion one way or another and you feel, you know, natural guilt about that and, and you feel like God can't forgive you or you're just a horrible human being or, or whatever, maybe you don't feel anything, but you're like, I, I just need to do something about this. Uh, check out projectjosephdallas.org and they've got a retreat coming up on August 16th. Also, uh, Diane reminded me also that there is going to be a mass to ordain a group of permanent deacons in the Fourth Diocese on August 10th. And so that's a week from today, next Monday, August 10th. It's going to be at St. Elizabeth and Seton Parish in Keller, 7 p.m. I do not think it's open to the public. There may be some family members there, but uh, it's not open to the public. But it is going to be live-streamed, I'm sure, on the fwdioc.org website if you want to watch that and support the permanent deacons uh, who are... Uh, coming into uh, their their full ministry after many years of uh, preparation. I do want to mention a couple of events that I personally am involved in. We did an interview last week with uh, Dr. Maggie Harrison and some of the folks at Casada High School. If you go to casadahs.org, this is a really cool uh, school. You, you know about this, right? Yeah, I do. Yeah, she came in, and then we had a few people, some students and some board members. Uh, Diane ran the board for it. 
And they're having an event called Noche de Gracias on Tuesday, September 1st. And this is going to be one of those virtual events, kind of like our Summer Speaker Series event. It's a fundraiser for this cool school. <laughs> and the only the best way to describe the school is that it's eclectic. You know, the, mm. the students all have some circumstance. You know, maybe they have special needs. They may just have... Uh, circumstances in their life where they just didn't, it didn't work out in a, in a more traditional school and, or they, they, their schedule doesn't allow for them or maybe they're having to take care of siblings or, you know, whatever, family situations. Just, it's, it's not that they're, you know, mentally challenged. Some of them are, are brighter than the average students, but it's just different situations. And so check mm-hmm. out Casada. But they're having a fundraiser, and uh, you know, my, my wife and I have a special needs son, and so I have a, a heart for children with special circumstances, and so that's why I really have a heart for this little school. Uh, CasadaHS.org. I do encourage you to sign up and buy one of those packages where you get like a hundred dollar gift certificate to Joe T. Garcia's, and you make a donation towards the school. And, uh, but anyways, we're going to prayerfully consider participating in that event on September 1st. And then the other thing, and I'm really excited about this, on August 19th, I have been asked by Father Ignacio Overa from St. Patrick Parish in Dallas to speak at one of their faith fitness Ooh, ministry events. I remember him. He was had a great, that's a great ministry. Yeah. And, and it's, it's geared towards young people, people in your category and Diane's category. I me, mean, not me, but I can, I can, I can at least go and speak <laughs> to their groups. And I get to speak about Thomas Aquinas Ooh. and the Summa and applying the Summa to 2020. And so if you're a young person, it's going to, uh, be at Celestial Bear Works. I mean, gosh, what, what else can you say? August 19th. I don't even remember what day of the week that is. It's a weekday. And so, uh, I'll be speaking about, uh, the Summa and applying Thomistic philosophy to 2020. And I am really looking forward to that because I, I love cool. talking about it. Diane this. and I will show up and we'll be in the back yeah. and watching. <laughs> Heckle, heckling, right? Exactly, exactly. All is right. that all your events, Dave? Can I bring up an event too? I don't know. So, no, so, oh, you don't darn. know, of course. Yeah, what, what's going on? So, uh, my parish is trying to, speaking of young adults, we're restarting our young adult ministry, and it's very interesting to do in the time of a pandemic. But we are going to have a kickoff this Saturday, August 8th, and um, you can go and RSVP. It's going to, we're going to have like, you know, icebreaker games, all very socially distanced. Um, we're going to follow the diocese rules, but we are going to have, you know, dinner together, pray together. And you get to learn about what we're going to do throughout the year. So if you are a young adult looking for a community uh, and a co- or college student, so anyone who's graduated high school or is um, an adult working, um, you can come and learn more about it and join the community. So you can go to stphillipcc.org forward slash young adults. All right. And that's this Saturday. That's this Saturday. So you have to RSVP um, so we can get a good head count. But if you are, especially if you're in like the Flower Island, Louisville area, or honestly, if you want to drive, that's great too. All right, and I am going on Facebook right now to see our show. <laughs> so, good luck with the show. I'm going to go oh, watch okay, it. Sounds okay, good. okay, let me great. see. Is Perfect. this ours, Diane? I, 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 everybody, I've got it up. Oh, okay. No, everybody in the network is doing shows at the same time. So I. It I, always makes it interesting I, looking on Facebook. Yeah. So you do have. I it have up, it up. Huh? Yeah. Okay. Because I, for some reason, mine isn't popping up. I, I'm, I'm not able to, to get it. But anyways, all right. So tell us about your trip. Uh, we sure. can go Friday. You left group of friends, your brother, your yeah. sister. You headed west. Yeah. Exactly. So 
So um, it was a very last minute trip. Normally we plan things a little bit better, but this is the year that all plans are, who knows what's going to happen. So we all had only one week we could do something together and we had a week of our timeshare that we needed to use. So we had to pick a location. And so we originally were going to go to Florida, but Florida is kind of humid and we're like, no, we don't want to do that. <laughs> we were going to go to Gatlinburg, but that was booked. And so last minute we had decided on Mesa, Arizona and everyone in the world, including the people in Mesa, looked at us and said, why on earth would you come from Dallas and go to Mesa in the middle of July? <laughs> 117 degrees. <laughs> yeah, 117 degrees one of the days. Um, so yeah, we're a little bit crazy, but um, it was actually a really lovely trip. It was a good time to kind of unwind. And because a lot of things were closed, we spent a lot of time at the resort or doing um, nature hikes and things like that. And it was just a good bonding experience it was the first trip road trip that um long road trip that my our two best friends and my brother and sister and i had all taken without i would say more responsible adults <laughs> with yeah. us uh without parents with us um you guys are pretty responsible we're pretty I mean, responsible yeah, like, yeah. the age range is 16 to 26 so it's not yeah. like we're um super babies but mm. we um had a lot of fun it's a very long drive out there um about 16 hours i want to say um mm-hmm. and uh but yeah, we had a great week, honestly. We got to see a lot of beautiful things in Asia. Got to go to the Grand Canyon. Oh, yeah. Which is yeah. always awe inspiring. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, did you spend a lot of time? I'm thinking of that, like, uh, that uh, vacation movie where the, isn't that where the, when the Griswolds go there? Yes, they're like, yes. oh, okay. You know, they, yeah, they yeah, see it and they're like, you know, five seconds later. At the Grand but, Canyon? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I, I went last year uh, with my brother and dad. And so I'd already seen it. Um, this time was really fun to watch everyone else's reactions. That's always enjoyable. I think the thing about it is the first time you see it, the first like lookout you go to, it's unbelievable. You, you look at it and you go, this isn't real. This looks like a painting. It is absolutely gorgeous. And it just kind of makes you stop for a minute. There are lots of things you can do. You can go hiking in it. For us, we just drove around for an hour looking at different lookouts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so for us, yeah, it was about an hour or two that we were spent there looking at it. Um, it's really that first moment, the first time you see it, you yeah. kind of just go, wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and every lookout has something different. We were on the southern rim, and you can see the Colorado River, and it's absolutely gorgeous. So. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, Diane and I were talking about the Facebook and all that. Did you talk about the spiritual sites, the, the churches yeah, no, and all definitely that? definitely we can. So yeah. in general, whenever we go on road trips, I feel like it's a great opportunity to be more spiritual because mm-hmm. you're kind of changing up your routine. So for us, especially as a request by uh, my friend's mom, was that we every time we got in the car, we prayed. Yeah. Um, we would pray the angel of God and ask for any special prayers just for safety. Yeah. Um, so that was always a good thing that we did. And we also spent a lot of time offering up prayers for various people we knew who were struggling at the time. Pray, you know, Divine Mercy Chaplet several times throughout the trip. And we were able to go visit the beautiful Basilica in Phoenix, mm-hmm. Arizona, which is uh, St. Mary's Basilica. Really gorgeous old style church. Um, we were able to slip in a little bit after mass and go pray for about 20 minutes before they were going to shut down the church. But it was it was really beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember when I was a kid, I had, uh, I've got five siblings, but uh, my sister came really late. And so for the most part, it was just four of us when we were little taking road trips and all that. And and we, we lived in Michigan and Indiana, and sometimes we'd go out west. I remember back when I, I was a little kid. And anyways, but my, my dad would always want to pray the rosary every day, mm. okay, in yes. the car. And yes. So we always knew 
that every day in the, on the trip, we're going to pray the rosary. And so my, my, it was a funny joke with my, my siblings because, you know, we're kids and we weren't really all that excited. We oh, yeah, to I understand. Kind of, you know, eat <laughs> chips or whatever, look out the window. And so when my dad started, reached into his pocket and you heard him jingling for the rosary, they, we'd all pretend like we were sleeping. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God. That's hysterical. <laughs> so, That's so funny. Everybody ready for the rosary? I'm <sighs> not going to lie and say I've never done that in my life or anything like that. But <laughs> so I told my kids, I said, don't try that one, okay? Because when we travel, we always I, I always carry that on. That that same yeah, tradition. Definitely. I say, don't even pretend you're sleeping. You're up. Don't even. Don't. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm smart to that one. So I understand. Yeah, no, but being in a car with your friends and family for it's it's a different experience than just doing air travel or anything else. You, I'm sure you went on a road trip with your family. It's a different bonding experience. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I've been on. Of course, I've been on trips on the plane, as most people have. I've been on on a, a train. I took a train one time with my That's family. That's so cool. Like an Amtrak oh, all the I've way to, to, to Michigan. I took a, a Trailways bus to California. Wow. Uh, I mean, we've done it all. Man, I, I, you're I, I, a little bit ahead. I don't even remember why we did that. I did it with my mom, <laughs> my sister. I mean, we could have flown, but we, mm. I think we just said, hey, let's, let's take a Trailways bus. And it takes, makes a lot of stops in cool. different cities and all that. And, uh, so yeah, planes, my, planes, trains, small automobiles. Yeah. <laughs> my family's a pretty, uh, road trip, you know, drive. My dad is efficient. We've driven to Florida in a day down into like, or near Orlando, which is like a 22 hour drive from Texas. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. It, you get to see more of God's creation. So. Yeah. All right. Well, good. Well, we're, we're glad you're back safely Thank you. and uh, healthy, and I'm glad everybody stayed healthy and all that. All right. So for the remainder of the program, we are going to talk about uh, coronavirus 2020. And I know this is a touchy topic, and uh, it's something that uh, you, you know you don't know. You, you know I, I don't know. It's just it's something we all got opinions on. And if you feel like you want to call in, you can even be anonymous if you want. I am going to get this started by playing a about a ten minute video from Monsignor Charles Pope. And like I said before, uh, I want to come to this not like I got all the answers and we're going to solve this, but more of just. You know, what do you think about it? Because I don't really know where to turn. I, every single day, visit websites. I always go to, to USA Today. I go to CNN. I sometimes go to Drudge. I go to Fox News. I I try to get a good perspective, left, right, center, about what's going on. And I, I just can't help but see that there's a lot of... Uh, manufactured fear. I mean, well, maybe, maybe it's legitimate fear, but there's a, uh, there is definitely an effort, uh, to keep this front and center to make us terrified in some aspects of the media. I just can't help but notice it. Uh, I, on the other hand, have been to events. I, I'm not even going to tell you where I went because I don't, I, I just, again, it's, it's kind of a weird time, but I went to an event, let's just say in the last week or two, and it was a large, public place that I went to, a lot of people, and you would not have known there was a virus scare going on. I'm mm-hmm. just going to leave it at that. There was n- no precautions. There was n- no signs. There was n- nobody seemed to care. And everybody was together. And again, you may think this is absolutely ridiculous, or you may think, well, that's the way it ought to be. But there's just different ways that people are responding to this. And my family and I were like, wow, this is kind of how it used to be. That's, you know, people are just kind of living their lives. I went, I took my son to a, a baseball park by our house uh, a couple weekends ago, and there were two te- two like little league teams playing a baseball game, and there were people on the bench, and they were sitting next to each other, and it, it, it looked kind of normal. And 
And so it's like, wow, that's kind of how life used to be. And so anyways, I'm going to play the Monsignor Pope video, and it's about 10 minutes, and he talks about his situation. Again, he was diagnosed a week ago, and he's been very skeptical about it, but I think he his approach pretty much mirrors mine, and, and not that he took it from me, probably more vice versa, because I've learned from him. But some of the comments, as a guy who contracted it, who is still dealing with it, you know, I this was done Saturday, so this is a couple of days ago. I don't know what's happened the last couple of days, but I want you to listen, and then we're going to open up the phone lines and maybe get some different perspectives on how you're handling this. I also... What are you going to do about schools? I know different schools are doing different approaches. Some are doing a combination of in-class or, you know, stream. What about masses? Uh, my parish is open. We have social distancing. It does not require masks. Um, as far as I know, I, I do know one person who contracted COVID, COVID at our parish, but I don't know that he got it at mass or not. I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, but there hasn't been a big breakout uh, at our parish that I'm aware of. Uh, well, I think I would. I'd be aware of it because they, they'd let us know. Um, are you having to register for masses? Are you are you maybe not even going because you're afraid of it? You know what what is your perspective on all this? So, anyways, here is Monsignor Pope, and he's talking about his um, being tested positive as of last Monday and how he's handling it. Again, this was done. This video was done Saturday, primarily for his parish, but Monsignor Pope's. You know, he goes beyond his parish because he's a writer and he's a speaker. And so a lot of people are very concerned about his situation. So I'll play this and then uh, we'll get some of your comments uh, on the other side of this video. Here is Monsignor Charles Pope. Well, hey, it's Monsignor Charles Pope. And I mentioned I would send you a video um, about my health situation. You know, I don't want to talk too much about myself. But, you know, I know a lot of you are praying for me and I'm so grateful. And um, maybe a little history. I, uh, I felt very fine across the weekend, and Monday morning I got up to the radio show, and I uh, had early morning, I had 8.30 or 8.15 Latin Mass, private Mass over in the chapel, over in the church at the Mary Altar, and uh, came in for um, a Skype meeting or a Zoom meeting. But by noon, I began to feel like I didn't have much of an appetite, and uh, I just didn't want to eat any lunch. Went to bed around 11 for a nap because I was feeling sleepy, and then I just couldn't get up at 2 for an appointment. And by 4, I had 102 fever, and I was coughing and sweating and out of breath. And um, so I I called a friend and took me over to the urgent care here on 7th Street, and uh, they said, we need to test you for COVID. And I said, well, I suppose I understand that. And they gave me the rapid form because they said my numbers didn't look very good. I didn't know what that meant. But um, anyway, it came back positive. And, um, and they said, we can't uh, send you home. We're going to send you to Georgetown Hospital. Uh, apparently, my, my pulse rate was pretty high and my fever wasn't breaking easily. And, and also, my what do you call it, oxygen level, I think you put on your finger, wasn't, they didn't like the number, a little too low. So... They sent me over, and um, I spent all night in the emergency room, uh, almost all I got discharged at 3 a.m. <laughs> anyway, again, thanks be to God for a friend who brought me home. Uh, and they told me, of course, I had to quarantine for 14 days. And um, But, you know, I have to tell you, um, my health has been steadily improving. I mean, today I think it's the best day so far. I, I, I rate, uh, record this on a Saturday evening, 
And uh, I've had kind of, I would call days like this where there were a lot of ups and downs. But the day was pretty steadily good. I did sleep a lot, but that's good. It's not a bad thing. Um, you're feeling a little under the weather. Um, but I, I have to say, when I when I was told that the test came back positive, I really wept. And I, I don't think that the nurse practitioner understood why I was, I said, you're that afraid of COVID? And I said, not COVID, but uh, how many lives this is going to affect? Because, you know, when you're a priest, and she's, oh, you're a priest. I said, yeah. You, you you literally and figuratively touch hundreds of lives, and I can see, I can see all the dominoes falling. You know, you know everybody in the rectory would have to quarantine. Um, you know, just I can see huge numbers. I I never really thought, well, honestly, though, congregation that they would come after the whole congregation, the DC Health chat, uh, and and say that you all had to quarantine. Um, because we had all the precautions. We were both wearing masks, alcohol. We were socially distanced. I didn't hang out with all of you. I was asymptomatic at the time, but they said that doesn't matter, you know, and on and on. So I had to negotiate with the diocese first, and we had to send you that letter. And I deeply regret any inconvenience that I, I have caused you. Um, I am getting better. Uh, I, I've had worse. Um, I've been, I would say, you know, typical flu-like symptoms, feverish, and all the aches and the weakness that comes with that, and strange dreams, you can't sleep right. Um, I have had some coughing, but surprisingly for me, not a lot. And when I do get a coughing spell, I can pretty quickly suppress it. Um, so I'm hoping and praying that as long as this thing doesn't head for the lungs, but I know it tends to have a pulmonary thing, um, as long as it doesn't head for the lungs, I'm going to be getting better and better. And by next week, I, I hope to be fully improved. Don't know how I contracted it. I'm, I'm not one to go out to lots of meetings these days. There's not many places to go. Um, it may have been brought into the house somehow. Uh, as you know, people do come and go in a rectory, and there are se- uh, six of us living here right now. I don't know. It's a mystery. But um, I'm grateful for your prayers. And I love you all very much, and I am so desperately sad that we have to shutter the church now for two weeks, or maybe at least this week, you know. And um, um, that causes me the greatest pain. And um, But anyway, as I say, I want you to know, and I, I said this, and you've heard me say this before, somewhere along the line, we have to accept the fact I think we live in a world that is uh, risky. And you've heard me preach this. I've also written the Catholic Register and other places. And um, We can take necessary and prudent precautions, but we'll never completely be able to prevent ourselves from catching a disease. Even one that will eventually kill us. We're all headed at some point for the tomb, but I'm certainly not headed that way. And I, I, at least as I understand it, I'm getting better each day. But I do think that um, my bigger concern for all of us has always been this question of fear. You know, a year ago, we walked out into a world that had lots of pathogens and very deadly things that we could catch, really bad flus. And, you know, I had a terrible illness from from December all the way through mid-February of, of pneumonia. And I don't, I don't know where, I think I got it in Europe. And this is a, this is a walk in the 
park compared to that. Um, but this is the kind of world we live in. And my only concern is not that we shouldn't be wearing masks now and doing social distancing. We do follow all that at masks, and the spritzing with the alcohol and all of that. But it's, at some point, this is also a battle about fear. And I struggled with it a little bit. I'm a little more freaked out about why did my temperature go down? Well, why is my O2 level not exactly this? And then I got Dr. Ben here saying, calm down. <laughs> so he's been a he's been a great friend and a great helper here uh, to keep me off the edge, too. I would never normally be anxious about things like that, except that, you know, uh, the, the media and other, other things has, has us all so freaked out. This is a very serious virus. I get that. It's... Uh, it has killed many, um, but 99% of the people who get it do not die, and many only have mild symptoms. Some have moderate symptoms like I do. Um, others get very sick, and it's no walk in the park for them, and some do die, sadly. And um, I think somewhere along the line, I, I just wonder what will be the end game? When will we say, hey, it's safe to go out and play in the park again? It's safe to hug each other. It's safe to see each other's beautiful faces. So this still remains my concern, even after having contracted this, that um, the main thing to battle here is fear, fear. And I, I'm, I'm just saddened at how fear has so gripped the entire world. And um, I'm convinced that part of that is due to the loss of faith throughout the world. So I'm not here to give a sermon. I just want you to know I'm doing much better each day. I'm sorry, very sorry, for the inconvenience that my illness has caused. I'm rationally aware that I didn't, you know, choose to catch this virus and expose anybody. I'm also aware that a priest's, lives, a priest's life impacts many other lives, for good or for ill. And um, that's why I say I wept so much when I... I thought of all the people that would be affected. And I, I foresaw hundreds of people having to quarantine. And that's where we are. Now, finally, this. Um, I have to go before the Lord like I do for you. And I can only say, and most of you know Father Eddie Tolentino, and he gave me some good advice. He said, Charlie, you did everything you were supposed to do. You followed the protocols. Um, you know, people will have their reactions. Um and the city has had its reaction. Um, but all you can do is go and give everything to God. Now it's all yours. And that's been freeing. It's helped me a lot. I would also finally say this. This also gives me peace. That um, I don't know why God has permitted this right now. He's permitted a lot of suffering in my life in the last year. But I don't know why. But it's enough for me to know that he knows why. And that too gives me peace. You know, I'm humorously aware of my, one of my favorite lines of Saint Tom, from St. Thomas in the Bible. Um, Thomas one day said, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus says, Thomas, I am the way. I'm the truth and I'm the life. In other words, Thomas, just get in the back seat and follow, or follow me. Just You don't need to know whether we're going right or left at the next traffic signal. That is none of your business. I'm driving. I know where we're going. So I take consolation in that, too. So I only hope and pray that uh, the second blow that we've received of having to close down for yet another brief period is um, going to be something that will somehow redound 
In blessings, we know the scripture says that all things work together for good for those who love and trust the Lord and are called according to his purposes. So whatever purifications he's affecting in me and you, the parishioners, and us collectively as a parish, and really the whole world, the whole church throughout the world through this whole pandemic, um, that's his business. He knows what he's doing. And um, suffering can be purifying. It can provide glory. Suffering has a place. I've endured um, more than a little of it, but not as much as others. And um, I'm feeling better. So I write this. I record this on a Saturday evening. And I'm sorry it's more rambling than I wanted it to be, but I want you to know I love you all very much, and I'm praying for you. And I am off. We set up on our COVID wing here. <laughs> In the, the two of us are particularly quarantined because I've certainly tested positive, and the other person likely we don't have the full results yet. But um, um, the um, so on the COVID wing, we have a private chapel, we a temporary chapel we set up in the room just off to the my right here. But um, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you, saying Mass every day and um, getting stronger every day. So bless you. Thank you. And I'll give you another update in the next couple of days. All right. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thanks for your love, your prayers, and for your patience. All right, there you have it, Monsignor Charles Pope. And uh, again, uh, just uh, before we go to the calls, and there are a lot of them that are coming in, the reason I want to play that is, uh, first of all, he was just a a little over a week ago, our Summer Speaker Series speaker uh, for our event. And I think his his thoughts on it are very important because I trust his honesty. I trust his, uh, what I think, a healthy level of suspiciousness about some of the motives, some of the things are going on, but then he gets it. Okay, and he's dealing with it. You know, I have not personally had it. In fact, I will say that, um, and this is why I want you to call in. You know, some of you may know five people that have died of COVID, and I and I am truly sorry for that. And I know that people are dying from this, as as Monsignor Senior does. He made that point. Yes, my my personal family back in March, my wife early early on, like mid March, came down with some symptoms that. Or, you know, people are just starting to talk about it. She, you know, quarantined herself for a couple of weeks. It was very mild. Then she was fine. None of the rest of us got any symptoms. And then we went on with our life. Nobody else in my family, my immediate family or my extended family and including my, you know, my, my parents and my stepfather in their, in their eighties. And in fact, I ask around all the time, do you know people who have been impacted by this? And most of the people say, yeah, I know a couple of people, and it was mild symptoms. And But then again, I talked to somebody here at the studio that said they knew somebody that died of it. And so there are various um, responses, and I respect that. And, you know, why are we talking about this in the Good News Show? Somebody asked me this. Well, I think what's going on right now touches on every aspect of our faith. It touches on the dignity of the human person. It touches on our health. It touches on our ability to go to Mass, our ability to worship, our ability to to have social interaction with each other, the, the very humanity that we have and express with each other, uh, I think has changed dramatically in the last six months. And also, I think, and it's been proven that a lot of the viewpoints are being censored. Um, I mean, that, that, that's, a, that's a fact, uh, that there, are, there is some censorship going on, especially with doctors who are claiming to have uh, treatments 
and again, I'm no medical expert, but I think that's pretty much a proven fact that uh, Twitter took things down. So I think we have to have some opportunities to speak about this. All right, to the phones we go. Uh, 877-757-9424. Lots of people calling in. Let me go to Anonymous first. Uh, calling from some anonymous location anonymously. <laughs> that's all I know about you. Uh, anonymous, thanks for calling in. What, what is your comment? Um, yes, good afternoon. Um, uh, I we attend a parish in the Dallas Diocese. Yes. And because we, we desire the Eucharist, we, um, our parish requires that we register for Sunday Mass. And when we arrive, we can only enter through one door. Inside, there are two people from the parish staff that check us, making sure that we are wearing a mask. And then an usher assigns us a seat, and there's social distancing. We're asked not to talk to anyone until we are outside after Mass. And now she dismisses us row by row. I understand that this is a serious, serious virus. Many people have died. Many people have been very ill. But is this control? And when does this end? And I'm concerned that this could be our future. So I'm interested in any other opinions on this. Yeah, I, that's that's the thing. Like with even with face masks, that uh, I think if if uh, a lot of people have even said that th- this may go on, this may go on forever. I mean, we, we, people may be wearing face masks for the you know for the the foreseeable future, and then uh, Dr. Fauci now has or is recommending that we cover our eyes with goggles. They haven't mandated that, but uh, now that it's, it's goggles. And uh, again, I think that's one of the things there's a lot of uncertainty. Um, the registration seems interesting. Do, do they explain why registration is necessary? Well, they don't want too, uh, too many people at any one mass. Okay. But there aren't because many, many people are not going to mass. They're watching it online. Yeah. So I don't think that's a problem. Yeah, but uh, so are you still going? Uh, we've been watching it online. Okay, I wonder Mostly if we're watching. Yeah, yeah, and I, I know they're. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. Okay, well that's that's an interesting perspective. And uh, like I said at the beginning of the program, the the parish I attend does not require registration. Um, they're actually going to have to have a spillover in the social hall. Because so many people are coming, and I know there are people from other dioceses that are that are coming because of the the the, the lack of restrictions and the lack of you know registration and that kind of thing at our parish, and uh, so some people say they're the refugees that are coming to our parish uh, from other places. All right, anonymous. Hey, thanks so much for calling. We got some other people on the line, so I want to get to them. But uh, is that all you had to say? I appreciate you calling in. Yes, that's it. Thank you. Okay, thank you so much. We're down to 19 minutes uh, until the end of the program. 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. If you have a thought about uh, what is going on, uh, and, you know, and I ultimately, you know, believe, uh, obey bishops. I I am just of a, a diocese where the rules are different from the other diocese uh, here in North Texas. And so I, I am, you know, being obedient by by not having to wear a face mask because we don't have to at our parish. Uh, let's see. Let's go on to um, Lucy. I'm not sure where she's uh, calling from. Uh, good afternoon, Lucy. Thanks for calling. What's your comment? Yeah, hi, Dave. Um, I just wanted to 
kind of just say we should not be scared. And that is because um, Jesus told us not to, to, to be unafraid. Uh, Pope John Paul, St. Pope John Paul said, be not afraid. We need to um, just kind of look at where we're at, what, where we have been in the past. And th- first of all, this virus, I, I understand where if this virus was something that was, you know, knocking out 20% of the population or, or something, you know, absolutely horrific, I could understand there could be, you know, th- there would be a true crisis. This is actually not a, not as horrible as everybody has made it out to be. And we, we know that uh, specifically because of the death rate. The death rate keeps going down. We are now below 1% of, of people that get sick get, you know, would, will die. Um, and that is extremely low. And as they find out how many more people have been affected by this, um, i.e. test positive and have no symptoms, um, they're realizing that there's a lot higher population of people that have had it that don't know about it. So the mortality rate keeps going down. And it's actually less than the flu. It's turning out to be less than the flu. Now, if you look at, um, for example, gosh, up until March of this year, we, were never, we weren't afraid. We knew things happened, flus, pandemics, we knew, but we never got to this scared state that we're in now. And so to me, that's where I would say, let's stop and look at what history has shown. One of the last quote-unquote type of pandemics there were here in the U.S. was the um, swine flu, the H1N1, mm-hmm. which... If you look at the statistics, and you could just look on CDC or even ask Google, say, hey, you know, how many people contracted the um, H1N1 uh, virus in 20, um, it was 2009 into 2010. And I believe from April to April, do you know there were 60.8 million Americans who contracted the H1N1, the swine flu virus? And there were, you know, I mean, we're at like, four and a half million now mm-hmm. of COVID. So we ha- if, if we look at that, we probably have a long way to go as far as more infections going through the population. But do you remember anybody, you know, wearing masks or mandating masks? Nobody social distanced. Everybody just continued to live. No businesses were shut down. Our churches were open. That no- Nothing changed except, yes, people that got sick. There were people that died. But life went on. And we, you know, in each year, you can check again with the CDC, there are statistics of how many people die from the flu, how many people are infected, how many people are hospitalized. But we're not hearing that. All we're hearing is there are more coronavirus cases, you know, the Dallas County, you know, every day. This is what we're bombarded with. And everybody's like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. And then to, you know, the other thing that is, kind of interesting is the inconsistency in these mandates. You're able to do certain things in some places, but you can't do similar things in other places. For example, you can protest, you can riot, you can break things and burn things down, but my goodness, you can only have, you know, 25% or less attending mass and having to register like the, uh, you know, the previous caller just said. There's, there's such inconsistency. Um, you, you just have to kind of look and see what is going on. The, uh, the last kind of little, well, maybe the last point I wanted to make yeah. was 
um, there are, you mentioned it too, but there are doctors that like everyday doctors, not, you know, not, um, you know, our CDC, Dr. Fauci out there, but everyday people who are treating, uh, treating patients on a regular basis. We have a doctor here in McKinney, um, Dr. Brian Proctor has gone out and publicly made a video because he's saying, I'm a regular family physician and I'm finding that I can treat my patients successfully with the hydroxychloroquine, zinc, and erythrom, um, ZPAC combination. He said, I have not had any patient die. And he's traded, you know, um, several hundred patients already. So knowing that, and this is not, this is one local doctor. There are many doctors who are saying the same thing and they're being shut down. Why? That's the question is, you know, I ask people, you know, be curious. Don't just say, don't just accept, well, I've got to wear this mask. And as far as masks, mask wearing all day is not good for a lot of people. There are people that have, um, you know, underlying health conditions that wearing a mask can can exacerbate that and actually make them sick. Um, it, it, the other thing, too, is if you social distance, why do you need to wear a mask? So there's all these things that you just have to say, be, use your brain. You, you just think healthy. Like, yeah, yeah. why is this going on? And again, what, what is absolutely horrible is that we can't go to church, but we can protest, you know, and nobody's going to say anything about that. So I guess maybe we should protest <clears throat> Not going to church, you know. <laughs> and we'll be hey, able to get together l- l- outside. Lisa, l- you brought up face masks, and I want to uh, play something because uh, I-, I think yeah. in in a time like this, and thank you for all those comments. And uh, we are coming down to our last ten minutes of the program. And if anybody oh, wants sorry. to, no, 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 I know I appreciate uh, your call. We've got uh, a couple of other people that are are, are waiting. Eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four. If you want to jump in and uh, comment on this, and again, all all opinions are very necessary. Why are we talking about this on Catholic Radio? Because you know, this pandemic is impacting every aspect, not only of our official Catholic life, going to confession, going to Mass, receiving the Eucharist, but our our basic interaction with humanity has been impacted tremendously. Uh, I, I think there's an issue of trust that a lot of people are, um, and I don't know if you're familiar with this uh, clip that I'm about to play, but, y- you know, if I go into Walmart, if I go into Kroger, go into any store, I- I'd say pretty much 100% compliance uh, with the face mask rule is what what I'm seeing, and you know that that's fine. People, you know, obeying obeying the rules of these stores and all that, uh, and, and I don't fault anybody for wearing a face mask if they want to. Um, but back in March, Dr. Anthony Fauci was asked on the 60 Minutes program about face masks, and um, this is what he had to say. There's a lot of confusion among people and misinformation surrounding face masks. Can you discuss that? The masks are important for someone who's infected to prevent them from infecting someone else. Now, when you see people and look at the films in China and South Korea, whatever, everybody's wearing a mask. Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. You're sure of it, because people are listening really closely to this. Right now, people should not be walking. There's no reason to be walking around with a mask. When you're in the middle of an outbreak, Wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better, and it might even block a a droplet, but it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. And often, there are 
unintended consequences. People keep fiddling with the mask and they keep touching their face. And can you get some schmutz sort of staying uh, 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 inside uh, uh, there? Of course, of course. But when you think masks, you should think of healthcare providers needing them and people who are ill. The people who, when you look at the films of foreign countries and you see 85% of the people wearing masks, that's fine. That's fine. I'm not against it. If you want to do it, that's fine. But it can lead to a shortage it, of masks. Exactly. That's the point. It could see. lead to a shortage of masks for the people who really need it. All right. So he did make the point of the shortage of masks. They probably made more masks and all that. Lucia, I'll just get your comments on that real quickly, and then uh, we'll let you go. Thank you very much for calling in. But uh, he said in the middle of a pandemic... Uh, an outbreak, he said, people should not be wearing masks unless you're infected. Uh, but now, nowadays, they're pretty much mandated across the board about any, everywhere. And that's our, the, the head infectious disease, uh, doctor in the country, uh, you know, four months ago saying, nah, eh, not necessary. What do you think about that? I think that's highly suspicious. Um, it's not like he's a newbie out there. He's been practicing and, you know, doing this for, for decades, actually. And for, for what he came out with in March was probably pretty straightforward. But now I think the narr- they want whoever you want to consider is pushing the narrative that, no, no, we need to get everybody to wear masks. So I, this is something about control. This may have something to do with the elections. This may, um, you know, it's, 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 it's unusual. Let's say it, a virologist with his, his credentials would not be changing their mind in just a few months over a virus that is has a, a more mortality rate less than the flu. Yeah. Lucy, thanks so much. Great information. Appreciate you calling in. Let's go to uh, Maria, 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424. Again, just about five minutes remaining in the program. Our dear friend Maria calling in. Uh, always love to hear from her. Maria, what's your take? Uh, thanks for calling in. Yes, I, I'm thinking that, well, I don't think about anything, but anyways, this is, it is serious, okay? Yeah. Uh, this infection that people get, and uh, it, it is, there are people that are not susceptible to this virus, and but there are people that really get them down, and, and of course, you know, this is not, uh, a blessing from the Lord, and I tell many people, oh, well, if it's the Lord's will, they're okay. No, this is not a gift from God. God, God wants good for us. Everything, he, he loves us. And this is just a uh, an evil uh, affliction from the enemy. And he has in- instruments that have free will and spread this bacteria uh, because uh, the communist people are instruments of the devil. So this comes from the evil one. Yeah. And we trust in God, and we offer ourselves to God in our challenges and our sufferings, pray for each other, and we're going to be fine. Alrighty, I am <coughs> praying for all of us and you, and so God's will be done because he wants good for us. Amen. Thank, thank, Maria, thank you so much. Appreciate it uh, calling in. Always, uh, always a word of hope from uh, 
Uh, Maria, they're, I think, in Plano. But thank, thank you for calling in. Always appreciate your call. Uh, Vincent, just have a, a little bit of time here. We're coming up to the end of the program, and let's go to Vincent for perhaps our last call of the, uh, of the show. Vincent, thanks for calling in. What's your, what's your comment? Thank you, Dave. Honestly, this whole pandemic has given me 10% fear and about 90% anger. And unfortunately, with much charity as possible, a lot of my anger is directed toward my fellow Catholics who don't want to protect, don't seem to want to protect life and human dignity. They don't want to listen to the world's best health experts who tell us that this is a real virus as, and they want to get into conspiracy theory like the last two of your callers indicated. Uh, this is a real situation, and Catholicism teaches that the truth is the truth in season and out of season, and we are in a real scary situation, and as Catholics, we need to hold on to the truth, and the truth is that the best evidence we have is that this is serious, and we have to take care of each other, because Christ tells us to take care of each other, and it doesn't matter how scary it is, the truth is the truth no matter what, and we shouldn't be indulging in discredited conspiracy theories and Fox News talking points we should be trying to take care of each other. And it makes me, frankly, very, very frustrated, Dave. And it, and it really, I, I have trouble exercising charity. Okay. Well, I appreciate it because I, I wanted from the beginning to have a balance on the program. So I truly, uh, genuinely appreciate your call very much. Um, and, and, and let me ask you, since, you know, you, and, and I think, you know, it's a very valid point. But when you hear something like the clip I, I, I played with Dr. Fauci, a, what, what, how, how do you jive with that? That three, four months ago, he's saying the face masks really don't help if you're healthy. What, 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 how do you take that? Sure. I, I think the punchline, as you indicated, was at the very end where he said, we need these masks for frontline people, for yeah. doctors and nurses. And I think we have to remember that science is an ongoing thing. And as adults, even, even who aren't scientists, what we do when we find out better information, we make different decisions. And that's an act of humility to say, I was wrong. I didn't have the best information, but I have better information now. Simply doubling down on our own perceptions and our own opinions, just so we're not embarrassed, that's not a Christian thing to do. So, yeah, I'm, maybe Dr. Fauci was embarrassed, but he's a good man. I believe all these health officials, most of them, want to do its best, and we have to help each other out. There's, stop doing this conspiracy stuff. Stop doing this, oh, it's, it's a communist plot. You know, God has his own reasons, and I don't know why, but we have to help each other, and we've got to get through this. I don't want to see more people die. Catholics are supposed to be pro-life, pro-dignity, and want to help people. I wear a mask as an act of charity to others because I don't want to hurt someone else, and if I'm wrong five years from now, I can laugh at myself wearing a mask, but I'm going to protect human dignity the way Jesus Christ taught me because that's what a Catholic does. Yeah. Thank you for taking my call. Okay. All right, Vincent. Uh, appreciate it very much. Uh, I was hoping to get uh, a a call like that because I do want a, a good balance and uh, thank you for your charity and uh, and how you express yourself. Thanks also to Anonymous and Maria and Lucy as well. I think we all learned something. So that's going to do it for the show. Thanks uh, everybody for calling in and uh, we'll see you Friday with GRN Alive and also Sissel's show this Friday, right? Uh, uh, it's next Friday, no, isn't no. it? Is it the 14th, <clears throat> I think? Okay, well, you know better than I. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks also to Diane and everybody for watching and, and viewing today. God bless you. Thanks for joining us for the Good News Show here on KATH 910 AM on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Please join us next week at the same time for the next Good News Show.
the best things in life are worth waiting for. And that is what makes the Young Catholic Professionals National Conference Work of Our Hands Conference on St. Joseph that much better. Due to COVID-19, the conference will not take place in the fall, but has been rescheduled and will take place April 30th through May 2nd, 2021 at the Hilton Executive Lakes Conference Center in Grapevine. Keynote speakers include undercover boss Dina Dwyer Owens and Jonathan Rumi, who plays Jesus in The Chosen. For more information and to register, visit ycpconference.org. Hi, I'm Dr. Kyle Eberlein, a prisoner at Good Shepherd Catholic Community in Colleyville. Our office is a proud sponsor of KTH 910 AM, and we fully support the mission of Catholic Radio and how it positively impacts our community. We live our faith at home and at work, so if you're in need of dental care, we would love to serve you and your family. You can visit us online at midcitiesdental.com or call us at 817-282-9321. St. Apollonia, pray for us. Are you connected? Hi, Joe McLean here, the Director of Mission Development for the GRN, and I am super excited about 2020. It's our 20-year anniversary, and we are rolling out new digital tools to include a new website, a podcast catalog, upgrades to our mobile app, and more. A great way for you to stay up-to-date and connected is by joining the GRN text list. You can do that today for free at grnonline.com forward slash text. Hello, my name is Bob Parra, owner of Parra Car Care. We're proud sponsors of KATH 910 AM. Parra Car Care is devoted to automotive maintenance and repairs for today's family.